powers to protect. Brought to you by KCL or the IBI and funded by Commission Amman with a television license fee. Check out ourstoprotect.ie for more information. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tommy Cook. Tommy is a member and former chair of the Irish Wind Farmers Association. And Tommy, you're based locally here in Tullerone. Just out on the Tipperary side of Tullerone, so we won't get into the hurling at this stage. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always dangerous territory. Uh, well, it's wonderful territory, but it can be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for your time this morning. You're joining us to tell us about the Irish Wind Farmers Association annual conference, which is coming up in Kilkenny later this month. That's right, yeah. Our annual conference is, held, is going to be held in the Leirass Hotel in Kilkenny on the 23rd of November. And uh, yeah, we're coming at, to, a, I suppose, a crisis and a crux in terms of future energy in Ireland, aren't we? You know, it really is coming to a point where the demand for energy is going to outstrip the ability to supply it unless we ramp up renewable energy development. And um, we face enormous challenges in this area from t- in terms of actually building new projects and connecting them to the grid. What are the difficulties that we face here, Tommy? For any renewable energy project, be it solar or wind energy, you need three three fundamental parts to it. And the, the first one is planning permission, the second one is grid connection, and the third one is a market, a stable market for the supply of the energy into the system. And on all three fronts, we face challenges. Um, access to the grid is probably the biggest challenge that is there at the moment. Um, most of the easy grid connections have been made and there is, um, you know, the track record of our national grid to build grid in anticipation of new new grid is is hampered really by just basic inability to get to a planning uh, consent and um, delays in planning. So we're going to come into a crisis, I think, before the end of this decade, certainly, um, in terms of our ability to produce enough energy from renewable sources from our own country. Tell me a little bit about your involvement in wind energy and where the push, I suppose, came from, from a personal perspective. Yes, this was, I've always been involved in rural development. I was former chairman of BNS, the leader company, Kilkenny, for many years. And it was always my ambition that people should own their own energy. And uh, so in the year 2000, we formed the Irish Wind Farmers Association, also known as Mehel Naguiha. And we were looking at the Danish model where they promoted uh, community and cooperative ownership of wind energy. And at that stage in Denmark, 70% of all wind farms in Denmark were owned by community. We, we faced obstacles straight away from utilities and from the regulators and everybody. And while the government tends to talk positively about communities getting involved in the real end, you know, in the business end of renewable energy, they have not done anything practical um, to solve the issues of getting through planning getting the grid and getting into the market. There are supports out there for communities to do this work, but for all practical uh, senses, it doesn't really allow projects to get through the system because it takes so long to get through a system. It's very hard to hold a community project together when the timeline from inception to development is 10 years or maybe even more in some cases. And something that I think we've noticed here is that wind energy or renewable energy infrastructure can be quite divisive within communities, can't it? It can. Um, and this is where, I suppose, our idea from the beginning would have been that the more local stakeholding in, in, a, in a project, the more support you get. And that's probably what we're looking at now is really a legacy of the neglect to develop community ownership over the last two decades, really, where people feel um, excluded from the business and, and are, in fact, excluded from the business. And where local communities who are trying to develop and face insurmountable obstacles and to try and get into the business. And um, and our planning system is, is like this anyway. We know this from, from be it Apple, you know, up in, in FNRI to any kind of a local housing development. The planning system 
really is not fit for purpose in terms of delivering something essential. And it goes on and on forever. And we saw that in, in, in the Glenby Sherlawn project down in, in, in Watford. The same, the same thing. Designed to delay, 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 increase the cost. And I don't think we can afford to do that as a country any, any longer. If we're going to live as we live now, with some kind of sense of, of security, we have to produce our own energy. We cannot be reliant on interconnection, gas interconnection or any other connection like this, or fossil fuels from other countries. We are actually one of the highest countries in terms of reliance on fossil fuel in, in, in Europe. At the moment, we're only 12% of our energy in Ireland is generated from, from renewables. And when you talk about energy, it's not just electricity, it's in heating and transport and all the other areas. And so it is definitely the case that Ireland will not reach its 42% of all energy from renewables by 2030 because we simply cannot get built in time. That's obviously a 30% difference there. What is it that you think citizens and, and local authorities can do here to help? Well, it goes back to the very top of planning policy and, and and where you have to have regard for local communities and, and the normal, you know, um, planning regulations and that. But the system itself now is taking so long. In fact, no wind farm has got planning permission in the last 12 months out of Bortonal because Bortonal are just in, in a kind of a state of static shock. I think they're not, not able to do anything at the moment. And that's a killer because for a project to actually get through planning grid and market, everything has to line up. That's for example, a local community project that I know went to the local, went to the ESB networks and asked them when they could get connection into the local grid, and they said, "Well, we don't have anything in planning. You know, we haven't planned anything for the next ten years." And so, when the local community have a, have an, an active idea to go do something, and the and the system operator saying we're not trying to do anything to increase the capacity for the next ten years, therefore that project is dead in the water. You know, and so it takes all actors in the business to to move together. And in fact, the ESB is, is, is actually hampered in, do, in doing this. And one of the reasons why we don't have active regional, you know, proper regional development is ESB networks and, and air grids cannot anticipate future growth. They can only react to existing growth. So we're always kind of lagging behind in terms of investment. And we saw this in housing as well, didn't we? You know, and our population has gone from 5 million to 5.3 million in two or three years because of, of immigration, and I'm very much pro-immigration because we need to get more young people into our country. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're not really facing up to the fact that our economy is growing because our population is growing. The demand for electricity is growing because the, uh, the heating sector is demanding energy from electricity. The transport sector is, is demanding energy from electricity. And that electricity all, all, all comes from something, you know. So, And our reliance on fossil fuel has to be diminished if we're going to meet our targets. So therefore, where can it come from? Only renewable energy. And unfortunately, the, the great hope of, of uh, Ireland was always that we could go offshore. Um, but what we're seeing now is the big offshore companies are leaving the field in droves. And a lot of that has to do with the shock of the the, the government introduced, or the, the European Union introduced, and the government facilitated then here, was the, the, the windfall tax on companies. And while that was a short-term reaction to a market failure, basically, it has scared the, the living daylight out of investors in large-scale projects to the point that they've, they've left the, the pitch, basically. And the cost of offshore has gone to the roof. So the cheapest um, uh, way of achieving our targets is more onshore wind and solar. And But even we see in solar, there's huge objections to solar farms around the country. Um, thankfully, a lot of people react in their own way, in their own local area. They, they'll put on rooftop solar, and that's, that's a very much a growing area and very much welcome that. But if we're going to meet big targets, we need big investment and big larger scale projects. So lots of buy-in needed. This is why it always goes back to this thing of who owns it. 
you know, in many cases, some of the wind farms in Ireland are now owned by, you know, foreign companies, and foreign investment is, is absolutely essential in our country. It's probably the ideal home for a lot of pension funds and things like this for, for all of us here listening to this programme, you know. These are real investments that have a real return. They're, they're real economic entities that have a long-term life, and I don't see why we shouldn't maximise our ownership of it. I'm not being ultra-nationalist now in this, in this aspect, but I'm just saying that we need to rebalance the playing field to allow more of our own people involved into this area of business. And to date, Irish developers, and they're very much in a minority now, have been hammered over the years, you know, and uh, that's, this is why we, we've always had this idea that people should be should own their own energy. It's one of the basics in, in life. And, uh, you know, the government have, have some programmes out there to help in this area. They'll give some capital grants, but if you go to the local, to, to your ESB networks or wherever, air grid and ask them when you can get a grid and it's 10 years out, or if you ask them when you can get planning permission, they say, well, that could take you three, five years or whatever, depending on who objects to it. All those plans go out the window. You know, people can't hold into that, hold on to that kind of a, a project, and um, it becomes. So I think the horses bought it really. I suppose if you look at it from large scale community involvement in wind energy in Ireland or renewable energy generally, um, I think the government still have a utility focused kind of a attitude towards development of of large scale renewable energy projects. They do favour large scale international investors, and I suppose there's another side that too. They can burn them when they like too, if they want. You know, <laughs> that's another way of looking at it. I suppose. Well, this is their own people that couldn't exactly do that. But uh, look, at I think that we're all going to have to wake up to a, a reality here that we are facing a crisis, and it's going to come in in the next in within this decade. Uh, whatever about not meeting targets, you know, that's one thing. But not having enough power to to power a system, that's a whole different ballgame. Tell me, what can people expect from the Irish Wind Farmers Association annual conference in the Lyrath on Thursday, the twenty third of November? A lot of what we deal with is about is, is about policy and where things are happening, for example, on grid development and how that is, is, is working through the system. Also, in what's the future of the market. Some things that have happened over the last year or so, um, we also have, have an example of a, of, a, of a project, you know, community projects, how people trying to get going. So we do encourage people to come to it, even though what I'm saying might sound very negative. I think it can be turned around to some extent if people do become more involved and if the communities want to get involved there's probably no better place to learn the ropes than from local community developers who have been working in this area for maybe perhaps 20 years. It is absolutely essential, though, that we, we want to keep local and community involvement in, in wind energy going forward. And the only way we see of doing that is getting more people involved in it. Thanks a million, Tommy. If people want to find out a little bit more information or if they want to register for the event, where can they do so? Yeah, I think you contact uh, South East Energy in Kieran College there uh, in Pekenny. And, uh, so that's southeastenergy.ie. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way to do that, yeah. Ours to Protect is funded by Commission Naman with a television licence fee and is a partnership between KCLR and the Independent Broadcasters of Ireland. Check out ourstoprotect.ie for more information.